Welcome to Youth Talks, brought to you by State of Youth. Hey everyone, and welcome back to State of Youth Podcast. My name is Christopher Cranance, and I'm one of the board members of State of Youth and founding member of an organization called Swim for Change. Today, I'm joined with Thomas Hugo. Hi everyone, my name is Thomas Hugo. I am a general member of State of Youth and founder of an organization known as Gender and Queer South Africa. Awesome. So today we're going to be discussing the topic of leadership, right? And that can be an extremely broad topic. And everyone has yeah. their own views on it. Everyone has their own ideas. What makes a good leader? What makes a bad leader? What is a leader in general? Um, but this will all be discussed in the podcast today. But mainly what I want to highlight is will be from a youth perspective. Um, Thomas is currently 18 years old. I'm 17 years old. And I mean... We are youth. We, we experience different um, things in our everyday life as to what adults would experience. Um, so it's going to be all a from the youth side of things. Perspective. Yeah, and from the youth perspective. So, I mean, I think, our voice is just as important yeah, as adult voices. hundred percent. And I think it's another thing that we need to get to in terms of um, adults listening to youth and how they're going to make a good leader. But I think something that could start us off with is what does being a leader or leadership mean to you? So to me, a leader, okay. So obviously in different contexts, leadership means different things, but obviously mm. we can have a fundamental definition as you would call it leading a cause or a group to better its agenda or better its purpose. Um, and obviously leadership means different things. So, you can get good leaders in specific contexts and bad leaders in specific yeah. contexts. And leadership fundamentally should be done for the good. You know, you've got people who have committed atrocious human rights violations, but in their context may have been considered as a good leader. But we need mm. to focus on what makes society better and what, you know, what leadership styles and what leaders are propelling the world forward to allow the youth to take over in the future. Yeah. And that's really the core of what leadership is to me. No, definitely. In I the think, broader aspect. Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult to like narrow down to the point what leadership means. I mean, like you say, it can be so broad. And in one context, someone might think this person's an incredible leader. The person next to them might think it's a horrible leader. Um, so it really is up to the person. Um, but yeah, I think exactly. We see this in society all the time. I mean, even down to personal biases, um, discrimination based on class or whatever, the way people have been brought up, it all influences um, the way we perceive leadership. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, you need to look at the facts. What has the person done and how are they taking other people's um, voices and accounts into their leadership style? Yeah, no, definitely. And if, you know, are they being discriminative? Are they being, um, you know, are they like targeting a, a certain people. group? And they, yeah, like are they targeting a certain group? Are they sending that group out in the background and forgetting that they exist and they're only focusing on the like, minority or the majority or forgetting the minority, minority even exists in the first place? Um, and I think these are all things that lead up to, you know, what makes a bad leader in the first place. And exactly you know, the first thing that pops in my head when it comes to um, what makes a bad leader is. Just, you know, okay, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent on a story now. And, mm. you know, in high school, share you, it always, with them. <laughs> you know, in high school, how you always get those committees, right? There's always the committees out yeah. there. Um, and 
in, when you first like, get your first couple of steps into high school, you see these committees and the leader of the committees, you're like, I want to be that. That looks cool. And as the years go by, you go through different leaders. Um, you know, they come in, they, they leave high school, another leader comes into place and you see the difference between them. And mm. there was one specific leader that I came across in one of these committees that really highlighted the idea of bad leadership for me personally. And the first main thing was this idea of promising something, but not putting any action into what is promised to deliver. Oh, hundred percent. And we see that on all levels, exactly. clearly from youth right up until like high levels. Yes, they all say these things that be like, no, I'm gonna do this, I wanna do this, and yeah, we can do that, of course, no problem. We can find mm. a way to do it. Yeah, maybe next week. Okay, I'll I'll put it in the next meeting agenda. And it just goes on and on, and that just all kind of snowballs oh. and snowballs into this idea of, you know, now there's this miscommunication. You said one thing, you're doing another thing, and then this whole miscommunication leads to this whole idea of like this unorganized mess and unorganized chaos. Exactly. And, and despite it being minuted in this context, I mean, no one actually ends up keeping track. Now you said four or five meetings later and everyone goes, what was that idea? And exactly. it's all because they haven't taken accountability yes. and actually done the things they said. Accountability. It's always accountability. That's a That's the fun thing of leadership right there. I completely, that completely slipped my mind is the idea of accountability when so when a leader is not accountable, it can lead to so many more problems. It just snowballs from there. Absolutely. And that's one thing that I was going to possibly speak about later. I mean, accountability is a huge, um, lack of accountability. It's such a huge issue and has caused so many societal flaws. I mean, every single year we see, take, for example, the climate crisis. Greta Thunberg goes to the UN. They go, oh, what do you have to say to us this year? And it's like the same as last year and the year before. There's no accountability. Who's holding these people accountable to the things that they're going to say? Exactly. We've heard the same promises since before exactly. 2000. And here he said nothing. Yeah, they come across these great ideas and put them forward to get, like, you know, went over the population or whoever their, their target audience is. But when it comes to actually delivering it, they're not being held accountable for it. And that just snowballs into the bad leadership aspect. Whether that be a committee of a high school or a president of a country. Oh, yeah. There's not that accountability in place. It becomes so problematic exactly. and builds anger within people. 100%. And it stems right from youth leadership. As you said, high school committees, when you're campaigning to be the head of a society or an organization or committee, everyone goes and speaks the popular talk to get the vote. But then... You don't actually know what you're speaking about. You're just saying it. And it's such a, you know, that's another issue I have with leadership is everything becomes political or um, to, to further your cause or your organization or some entity that you're a part of. Whereas actually leadership is about the people. It's about what are you doing to further the lives mm. of the people. As I said earlier um, about what makes a good leader, you're forwarding a, the group of people that you're representing as opposed to yourself or your personal agenda. Mm. And I think that the leaders of today are being brought up in a world where corruption, nepotism, lack of accountability is so common that, well, I can just say one thing and not actually deliver. I'll get the vote anyway. Mm. That mindset is common yeah. right down in high schools and clubs in societies. Yeah. I mean, we see it all the time. 
it's kind of like drilled into us that we have to go and market our campaign, put out there what is going to benefit us. You think, okay, how mm. can I, how can I get this position so that it can look good on my CV or how can oh, yeah. I get that leadership position because it will earn me more money? Oh, it's never, yeah. people often forget the original meaning behind leadership where you want to, you know, whether it be take charge in the situation, but actually to benefit mm. the people. And we do and see what that my worst thing is, yeah, yeah. And what my worst thing is with the whole thing is that oftentimes leaders campaign on the selfless idea of, oh, I want to make you better. I want to do this. But the agenda underneath it is so, it's often so like well-rounded in lies that it's blatantly obvious when you see come election times, you know, the last four years people have been starving, but suddenly South Africa, as an example, is going to be better or you know, the last 10 years with climate crisis, things have been going so, and it, it hasn't even been considered, but now suddenly we're going to make a change so I can be appointed this position. Mm. And, you know, oftentimes people are so blissfully unaware of what's going on. <laughs> yes. Because we've been brought up in a world where lack of accountability is so common, we go, okay, we're going to focus on one organization and we're going to vote for them, or we're going mm. to appoint them as their leadership but we're not actually seeing what is really going on behind the scenes because we're so blinded by said promise um, that, you know, is directed towards us that we actually don't see the bigger picture. Mm. Um, and that, like I said earlier, sends right down to high schools, um, youth clubs, everything. And, and a lot of the time we sitting here as youth being kind of, you know, tricked into this idea that what the government's doing or what the leader of this committee is doing or your principal's doing is right because you don't know any better most of the time. You're just sitting there. Mm. If, if a teacher tells you this, you go, yes, thank you. Process, no, to Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, like, don't question. You just oh. go with it. You like accept it and move on. And I think that's where this whole idea of where we've grown up in our, like in this mindset that adult leadership is the only place where change can be made. You know, you get your president, they're mm. going to make the change. They're adults. You, know, you get your principal, they're going to mm. make the change. They're an adult. You want to go somewhere like mm. it's always your adult people in your life that will make the decision or they will be the leaders in the situation. And mm. yes, I'm not saying that adult leadership is useless. It's incredibly useful, but it can become really problematic when the idea of youth leadership is completely, completely disregarded. And I think 100%. we need to start realizing is us as youth, look, we are extremely powerful people as youth. We are a mm. powerful group that can bond so quickly and cause such a movement and become so powerful and actually create this change. And I'm just thinking, oh, exactly. I mean, we've just, seen it throughout history as well. Yeah. Like youth movements. Take, for example, in apartheid South Africa, youth, mo youth movements, apologies, was they were so influential that they literally posed a massive threat to a complete regime. And it shows just how powerful we are, A, when we come together, and B, when we have accountable, responsible leadership in the youth. Mm. And I mean, Chris, you're a leader, um, a very, very responsible one, might I add, as well, and a very influential one as well. Um, so, you know, you've obviously seen um, accountable leadership and the flip side of the coin, 
the one that we were talking about earlier, lack of accountability as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and it's, such- it's always that idea of adults this, adults that. If you're the youth and you see a problem, you step aside and you're like, mm. there's nothing I can do. And that's mm. the uprising example is a, is a brilliant one because it was youth standing up for something and becoming the leaders were standing up saying that they believe was right, which is incredible to see and was so needed and caused such mm. a snowball of effects that happened that later in the uh, like timeline of apartheid. And, um, you know, I'm just thinking now it kind of leads into the next question of the idea of what is the problem when adults kind of disregard the idea of youth leadership? Oh, 100%. I mean, disregarding the youth is to disregard your future. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like right now, I mean, South Africa is in a very tense political climate, as we've seen in the last few days, with mass civil unrest um, that's got many layers to it. I mean, I don't think that we can really truly unpack what has been unfolding in the country in the last few days. But what I found interesting was, is that because elections are coming up, as well as, you know, this mass unrest has really shook the nation, political parties are using this to further their own agenda, as opposed to really caring for the needs of the people. And that's what I was meaning earlier when I was saying, oh no, um, it becomes dangerous when people are, you know, talking the talk to the people, um, but to further their own goals or their own organizations. We see political parties going into, into areas that have been affected by the unrest and are chanting their political name instead of the common South African name and that of the needs of the people. Mm. And it becomes, and it's, it's, an, it's an incredible to see that they're doing this around election time, especially when so many um, more voters are going to be voting now because so many people have turned 18, yeah. so many more people have, have, vote, have the power to vote now and, can, and have seen so much change in South Africa and the world at large. And we are, I would argue, Gen Z is quite a, quite a, an informed generation, if I could call it that. We're not um, opposed to change. In fact, we promote it. So it's quite interesting to see how political parties are really like grabbing onto this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to undermine the youth ideas it's a very like it's a very bad idea to undermine youth ideas because as you've seen, I mean, take it back to last year with Donald Trump and the whole rallying. Was it that last year? Yeah, gosh, yeah, it was, it was like 2020. a lifetime ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know the whole TikTok saga when youth made his rally sold out and then yeah. actually turned up. Power of of Gen Z. So imagine you can chat to the president, the former president, rather. Um, you mind the youth is to undermine your future. No, exactly. I, I love what you were saying there about you mustn't undermine the youth because, yeah, like like I said earlier, like you say there with that example of, um, you know, with the elections coming up, there's a whole bunch of youth now that's available to vote, and those votes mm. play a drastic role. And when you're looking at the power of the youth had of TikTok to literally buy out a whole presidential campaign. <laughs> a it's, whole presidential campaign. It's incredible to think that the youth have that power. And I feel often either adults are scared of that and they want to completely avoid mm. it or they're not aware of it 
oh, I don't know how to approach mm. it. And there's this group in, um, in South Africa, uh, it's in the Western Cape focused called the Commission for Children. Um, her name is Christina Nomdu. She is the Commission for Children. But she has a group um, that we are the, the government monitors, right? And what yeah. we do is we have these weekly meetings where we discuss certain topics and all the government monitors are under the age of 18. And we youth. Yeah. And we sit with the commission of children, an adult, and we discuss the issues that are going on. And we sit together, we discuss these issues, we format them in write-ups, we format them in poetry, format them in um, pictures, and we, um, you know, graphics, and put them up, put them on our social media. Mm. We give them forth to, um, uh, like, you know, provincial parliament, national parliament, eventually to lead forward where, you know, they start to realize that the youth have such an insight that they didn't realize yet. And they're starting to notice the power we have to where we even oh, got exactly. brought into the first, um, first ever uh, closed parliament session that youth were present in the history of South Africa. It's, it's, it's incredible to see how youth are growing. And I think it's just a, it's a great example to see that the youth need to be joined in with this whole idea of adult leadership. It can't be disregarded yes. anymore. You know, the youth aren't going to stand by and let adults disregard them anymore. I mean, we've seen exactly. That- and just just because the voting age is eighteen doesn't mean that everyone under eighteen suddenly doesn't have valid opinions, ideas, um, and beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean. Growing up, you see people going to Parliament fighting every single day. It's televised on national TV, broadcast on radio. You're exposed to it all the time, especially in South Africa, um, where you've got so many political parties intended, ironically, to ensure accountability in leadership. But there is no accountability. And and the youth have been exposed to it. But just because we're not 18 doesn't mean that we don't have the power to change anything. Exactly. I mean, SRC, student groups, student movements, they are all so influential. And like you said, it's growing in popularity in South Africa. And as it should be growing in popularity no, in South Africa. And I mean, look, you and I both know, you know, having startups and growing the organization, how exciting Tedious. It is. And tedious and exciting and draining and tiring and frustrating and everything it is to to grow forward with these organizations. But because Mm. they are both youth-led and run by the youth organizations, is that we've seen firsthand that the youth are keen to buy in. But Mm. the problem that lies is that adults have and I, I say this when, you know, stereotypically generalizingly speaking, is that adults yeah. have brainwashed us in this way of, like we said earlier, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yeah. you know, like, we so, like, you know, put into this mindset that mm. it's difficult for us to lean in towards, you know, following a youth leader. You're like, what on earth are you doing? You must be kidding me. Exactly. Is there a youth leading me here? And I think that's exactly. where it lies in this whole idea of education and that we need to educate the youth on this idea, like you said, accountability. Why is this leader a bad leader? What is this leader doing? And I think there's organizations out mm. there like the Crown in the United States that's kind of gone worldwide um, where they put in news articles out there that's easy for youth to read, whether it be through a TikTok, through a thread on Instagram, which is running by mm. educating the youth so we're not oblivious to what's going, out of, and going around in the world. So we know exactly. what's up to date, you know, whether it be state of youth as well, 
they're putting platforms yeah. available with kids' rights to put us in the picture because they know we're exactly. powerful. They know we have this capability within us to do great and things. And that's exactly why they want to keep that mentality of yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. But you should be voicing their opinions. And mm. what amazes me is that whenever um, one, like a young activist speaks out, they always say, oh, the brave X, Y, and Z yeah. is speaking out for this cause. And it's like, well, why shouldn't the youth be speaking out against this mm. cause? They are two citizens of the earth. They are two stepping into a world where it's going to directly affect them. Mm. And the mentality of yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, is not only detrimental to the youth, but adults as well, because mm. youth ideas are valid and extremely important. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, now that we, if we understand the fact that youth leadership needs to be a real thing, it mustn't just mm. be swept to the side. But the, still, the biggest problem that lies ahead of us is how are we going to get that adult leader or that adult leadership or adults in general to listen to the youth? And there's this thing mm. that I go by and um, I actually got taught it in one of the summits I attended uh, for We Are Family Foundation a couple, in 2020 actually. Um, and we got taught this idea and it was on this diagram, right? And you kind of got mm. a picture, a semicircle. And the semicircle mm. is kind of cut into four sections, right? On your far right hand mm. side, you have that people that honestly, that you know, no matter what you are saying, you will not change their mindset. In this case, they're going to be believing that youth should stay youth, say yes, ma'am, no, sir, yes, sir. You know, they, that's, those are their languages. They think that that's where it should stay. Then mm. on the complete well, other side, yes, yes, yes. And then on the complete other side, you have people that are for it. On the left-hand side of the circle, the semicircle, you have people that are like all for it. They love the idea of youth leadership. They will work with mm. you and they will go with you. Now, in between those two, you get people that are still unsure and they're like, yeah, I kind of like this idea, but I'm not sold yet. And then you get the people that are like, I think it's a bad idea, but maybe I can change my mind. Those yeah. two people is where you need to focus your time on. Mm. Don't, wait, don't waste your time on trying to convince the adults that are stuck in their ways. So spend mm. your time focusing your energy and putting your energy towards people that can be shifted towards that i'm all for this idea of youth leadership with adult leadership mm. because once you get them your your, your ide ideology will grow and the strength will grow in numbers to this idea of youth leadership and this is not just talking in you specifically mm. if some kid in the other side of the world wants to do this and they start doing that in their community we start doing mm. it in our communities someone 100 kilometers down the road does it in their community we will start growing mm. this idea of youth leadership around the world. This huge network, yeah. Exactly. And it will just kind of grow and grow and grow and grow and grow till we see this connection and kind of growth between the two that the two collide mm. in a nice, peaceful way of this cohesive adult and youth leadership platform. Exactly. And that's why, you know, social media is so important, as we saw with TikTok and with all of those mm. other apps joining with Donald Trump. But that's why organizations such as State of Youth are so important because I found out about State of Youth via an Instagram advert, funny enough, and I immediately went onto their website and I saw all of the range of available resources and talks and sessions, et cetera, available. And I was 
awestruck by it. And to have that net and cohesive network of youth voices around the world, it makes it incredibly influential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what you, what you said about finding that, focusing your energy at that middle ground, that middle two slices of the semicircle is vitally important because we always hear um, the idea that your opinion may not change a general group's opinion, right? That your voice may not actively do it. But all it takes is for you to change that one person in there that is similar minded to mm. you and they will change the rest of the group's idea. I mean, exactly. we see this in terms of patriarchy and, you know, everything that we find in South Africa in terms of rape culture, etc. how men need to talk to other men to change their mindsets. Um, we see it all the time with young youth activists talking to um, those in high positions about climate change, how they need to influence other leaders to do it. Mm. And I think the most important thing is claiming your space mm. in that network. You're going to meet resistance no matter where you go, no matter how just and good your cause is, there's always going to be someone meeting you with resistance yes. because A, your opinions differ, differ. And secondly, if you are of a younger generation, it's going to become an age thing mm. because 99% of the time it's because of your age and you speaking up that they'll belittle you because you yes. don't have, don't have a voice or they shouldn't. You haven't been alive long enough to know mm. what's going on, yes. but you've been alive <laughs> long enough to observe what is going on. Yes. So you know, what you, has know. Happened. you know, you know, I love you've, what you you've lived your life in that exactly. system. You've experienced it from a completely different view because the world is forever changing, mm. right? It changes every day. And exactly. when that specific adult leader was our age or any youth age for that, that matter, things were completely different to what they are now. Oh, exactly. And that's where, you know, another thing is that the, the youth aren't coming from this, we, are, we think we're better, we're attacking you point of view. We're coming mm. from that, we just want to share our opinion, please listen to us. Facts. And, and we get shut down constantly for just trying exactly. to have a voice. And that's where that anger builds up. But like you said, exactly. we got to claim our space. Claim our space. There but, comes a time where you have to, A, stop listening to what they're saying to you about putting you down or whatever. And secondly, there has to be a time where you come to terms with yourself and you say, no, my voice is important yes. and my voice needs to be heard. And this cause needs to be fought for. And another great tip of advice from my side is speaking to those like-minded adults on the far left mm. to really push your ideas as well. Yes. Because once they start pushing your ideas, it creates that domino effect that, yeah. that spillage into adult groups and mm. um, change maker groups. And your voice will suddenly become spread, 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 spread. Claiming your space in that, in whatever cause you're fighting Mm. for, is up to you. But it is also important that you believe in yourself to do it. Yes, and I just want to highlight that because I was going to bring it back towards something you said earlier. But you said it there is to believe in yourself, and I just, I want, I want to bring in a personal side side of things to this. And you know, when I started off. I was no, no clue where I was heading. I knew something that needed to be changed. I wanted to change something. And 
you know, I think you could, I can speak for you as well. That we don't know where things are heading, you know, when you start up. Yeah, it's, and I mean, it's, it changes all the time. Yeah, and you got to just believe in yourself. Firstly, yes, that's the that's the first thing. If you're not going to believe in yourself, it's not going to work. And I know it sounds harsh, mm. but you have to believe in yourself. That has to be the first step. But the next step is listen to other people's stories, because. Mm. You're not, in, you're not by yourself in the situation. There are so many other people out there that are going through the same things. When I was mm. starting up in 20, you know, now I have to think back. I want to say 16, 20, 17. No, that, that was the year when we started the organization. And then a couple years later, uh, and I can't remember the date, I think it was around 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2018. Or 2017. You know what? Dates don't matter. <laughs> but it, it, was, <laughs> it was the International Peace Prize um, award ceremony that was held in South Africa. Um, so it was a special one. Um, mm. And I was there sitting at the back. It was in, um, you know, the, the hall in town um, in Cape Town's yes, uh, yes, CBD. Yes. There's a, a city hall there. And it was held there. And I remember sitting at the back. And these were like massive celebrities. Hall also. Yeah, oh, it was a massive hall. This, this picture, this massive yeah. hall. It's like fancy. They have the whole like um, orchestra mm. playing on stage. Everyone <laughs> was in suits, and it was fancy. I had my i I was walking into what I thought was like the Met Gala for me. I was <laughs> I was in awe. These were my celebrities, and it was the year that March for Our Lives had won the International Children's Peace Prize for Kids Rights Foundation, and. I sat at the back of that hall and I was so moved, you know, by, um, uh, you know, the speeches that was going on. Desmond Tutu was there. He was dancing. It was, it was a whole vibe. Everything was incredible. And it was an honor to, to be there. And um, I went with a part of the Katie campaign with Katie Mycroft, one of the international mm. Prize winners. And some things I remember distinctly from that night. Um, one of the other international Peace Prize winners, Abraham, also gave a speech and I remember it was during his speech that I was like no I'm sorry these are my celebrities I'm gonna faint I need to get things done oh, this is my time to no. change the world <laughs> I love what these people do and that was my motivation and that links me straight back to the idea that you gotta listen to other people's stories gotta listen to people's advice after that after mm. that um session in the like once the ceremony had ended um we were lucky enough to go to where the tea and everything was afterwards and i got to speak to some of the peace prize winners um and i was i still i tell you the way the amount of photos i took i was still in awe i am in awe, a whole you know? hard drive exactly oh you know i mean I, i'm working with them you know on the state of youth board and i'm still in awe to be working with such incredible people. But the thing is that the point I'm trying to prove is that it all starts with listening to other people's stories, believing in yourself mm. and listen to their stories, but don't compare yourself to them. As soon as you start yeah. comparing yourself to so-called better leaders in the world, you're going to start feeling that what you do is not good enough. Mm. If you're going to compare yourself to, you know, Nelson Mandela, for example, you're going to look, you know, so-called like you're not doing anything. But you've got to mm. compare yourself to yourself. You've got to realize these are my circumstances. These are the resources I have available. What can I do in my situation? Mm. 
if I mean, you can only do one thing, that is incredible. You have done that one thing. That is one step closer. You must forget about these giant, goal. yeah. You got to forget about these giant leaps of faith to your goal. You got to mm. do little baby steps, and these baby steps will accumulate so quickly that you will get to places you never even imagined. And I think no, that's exactly. where it lies that youth are so powerful. No, exactly. And even, you know, you say comparing yourself to other leaders, and, you know, for me, my my passion, my activism is centered around gender-based violence and mm. patriarchy and rape culture and all of that. And as a man, I'm in a position of privilege. So I yeah. can't relate to the struggles that women and other genders face um, with regards mm. to patriarchy, rape culture, etc. But I know that because I'm in the position of privilege, I have the power to make a change. And I've had protests where I have had two people rock up and mm. we've stood on the side yes. of main road with a sign trying to spread awareness. And mm. you think, what are you standing there and you're going, I'm one of two people standing on a busy road, not doing anything. What is this doing? This, but this, the power this. it has is so immense because and as people drive by, they hoot at you. They have comments to make. So most of the, I mean, thankfully for me, it was mostly positive, but I've had resistance before. I've had mm. people shout names at me, but you don't know what you're doing. And, you know, they mm. think that my sign saying Inbebiside now is attacking them. And the next thing I get home and I look on Facebook and people have taken photos of me that I don't, I didn't even know they were there. Yeah. And it has spread so much. And that message from, I'm standing there thinking it's just me standing on the road and it had spread everywhere. Mm. And so don't underestimate yourself mm. and don't compare yourself to other people because we see women's rights activists on global scales doing these amazing things, but start in your community, start with what you mm. have, even yes. if it's just a cardboard sign, it has the power that to get conversations started, to to, you know to evoke emotion in people i mean your cardboard mm. science amazing you've used yeah. it in so many things yeah <laughs> you know and um you know i mean i know you've also been in a similar mm. situation as me when you've held a protest and you've been like either the only one or one or two mm. people that might have joined yeah no i mean what <laughs> you know firstly firstly before i get too sidetracked your what you were saying there is that first step into leadership that you took yeah. you saw a problem you led your way to a solution you started Take to work that initiative. you took that initiative and became a leader and that's where it starts mm. and you know for me going back my sign the sign that thomas was speaking of um i have this big cardboard sign and it says um i can't remember word for word but it's if i remember correctly it should be um dear mr president we won't hurt you we just want to talk and mm. I, I did a couple of protests with it. Um, one of the, one of which there was a, um, in 2010, South Africa held the, the soccer world cup and there's a fan walk bridge in the Cape town city center. And I went there and I tied ribbons on the, the fan walk bridge, you know, black ribbons um, for suicide awareness, you know, and uh, green ribbons for mental health awareness. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago before that protest, someone had died by suicide uh, off that bridge and um, 
that became, you know, quite a, a big news article. And that's where we came to realize, you know, okay, this enough is enough, you know, and we went there and we tried to create awareness. The conversations we built off that day, just by holding that cardboard sign. Yes. It was only mm-hmm. me that rocked up there, mm. but people came and joined. People came and asked me what I was doing. People came and sat with me. I even had mm. at one stage, I had someone who was living on the streets come and sit with me, talking to me about you know, how tough it is, um, you know, for people living on the streets when it comes to their mental health. And, you know, mm. later his, the conversation ended with him telling me he needs to go make rubber bullets for the army and running off. So it was a very strange conversation. Conversation. But mm. the idea is that you don't stop there. And I went back. Oh, yeah. And I did it again. On, um, on Mental Health Awareness Day, I went back. I tied more ribbons. I got mm. mugged. We move on. <laughs> we, move. Then, we didn't stop there. It grows. And the idea I just showed you here is that you may have days where you bounce back, where you think, I am mm. not doing this again. Mm. Or I went there. I was the only one that showed up. Not a chance by doing this again. That was embarrassing. No, you may, if you impacted one person's mm. life, that's a whole and that's one person enough. Yes, exactly. 100%. It's a whole and on, life. And on your and on your point about you know having stories and stuff. I was I was doing a similar one as well, and I was standing on the side of the road. This time I was in Weinberg area, and I'm standing by by the Weinberg Magistrates Court where convicted rapists and sexual assault um, perpetrators are going in and out, almost you know, every single hour mm. because the problem is so big in the country. And I'm standing there on the side of the road with a list of names of women who have fallen victims and a sign saying in femicide and all the rest. And I've had a man come up to me, no idea who he was. He crossed the street to come to me. And we sat and we had a half an hour conversation about how difficult it is for men to open up about their experiences and we had this really thoughtful conversation i've never seen him i don't know his name and in the end we came you you know out both of us felt so inspired by each other's conversations and i was standing there going i'm you know one of three people here that's this time i had a bigger turnout i did not have two people i had three people can you believe it growth you know growth um and here I'm standing and both of our lives have been changed by this interaction. Mm. And it was such an, such an awe-inspiring moment because here is this person, I have no idea who he is, but we've had a very groundbreaking conversation just around what you're doing. And both of us walked away from that, from that conversation, mm. having grown as people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were both inspired to do something about it. And another point I wanted to bring to what we were saying about, you know, just starting somewhere, you know, doesn't matter if you're the only person. Action doesn't necessarily mean standing on the road, chanting whatever it is Mm. with a cardboard sign or signing petitions. Change and leadership takes forms in other ways as well. Think of your talents. My personal talent is drama. And so earlier this year, I directed... And uh, a Shakespeare show um, for the Artscape Theatre, and my show was Othello. 
Sorry, now, if you're familiar... quickly, the Artscape Theatre is a really big theatre in Cape Town. In um, Cape Town, yes. That's very well known. Sorry, to Sorry, I should have clarified. Um, but it was part of this, of an international festival called the Shakespeare Schools Festival. Um, it's in a few countries around, around the world. And basically in it you perform abridged versions of a show. And because I was directing a gender and, you know, actors playing their assigned sex at birth, um, wasn't really a factor in casting choices for me. So my Othello was played by a, a woman, a young girl, mm. and my Desdemona was played by a young male. But they were both playing the opposite sex, as it were, in the show. Mm. Okay? And I didn't think much of it, because to me, that's normal. Well, because of the context of the show, it deals with heavy things such as gender-based violence. And as I mentioned earlier, South Africa's got a huge issue with gender-based violence. This casting choice, this little thing that I, you know, was intending to, to cast the right people. And through working on it, I realized the impact that it had, especially in the, the heavy climactic scenes, it caught attention of local uh, radio and TV stations, mm. as well as the BBC, and this message of of gender-based violence suddenly got out to the rest of the world, mm. and leading from my talent of drama suddenly got out to the rest of the world, and conversations were taking place about it. So, in your talented space, in your comfortable space, be it you are a rugby player, a basketball player, you enjoy singing and you're passionate about something, incorporate that into what you're doing. Mm. If mm. you are a sportsman, play with the colors of your cause, as an example. If you are a singer, write a song about your cause. You don't need to be standing on the side of the road with a big placard and chanting things. You can take it and personalize it into your talents. Mm. No, definitely. And I think it's just so beautiful what you said there, the idea of find what you enjoy. Find what you're good at mm. and put that in your in, in the work that you do. Because you don't want to be doing work that is an effort to you. You're not going to go very mm. far. You need to find something that you can drive, but at the same time, what you're doing will drive you. And mm. I just, before we end off, I just really want to highlight the idea that, yes, in the world, the, oh, the world is majority run by adult leadership. But that doesn't mm. mean that youth can't lead. The youth are mm. powerful. Each individual out there has the capability to do incredible things. Adults mm. out there, this doesn't mean we, we just want you away. We want you to work with us. We want to work with you. We want mm. to join in, in this cohesive group to lead to a better future. And Thomas, mm. thank you so much for joining in on the conversation today. I really, really enjoyed it myself. Um, thank so really, you so thank much you. for having me. I really and, appreciate it. No, thank you. And thank you, State of Youth, for allowing us this platform to speak on. And thank you for listening um, to the State of Youth podcast. And join us next time for a new episode. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone.